gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, DC Superpowers fans. Welcome back to DC Superpowers Podcast. Um, this is issue 17 for July 30th, 2016. I'm your host, Ken. Sitting along with me, as always, in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. So, Vern, we're going to have some crazy times coming up starting today. Oh, man, I think we're going to be as busy as our uh, heroes. <laughs> I know. Well, full disclosure, um, super friends, tonight we are actually recording this on a Friday night because of um, work obligations and things. Usually we record on Saturdays. But tonight we're recording on Friday night. Here in about two hours, we're actually going to have we're going to go um, talk to Cyborg. He's going to open up the boom tube, and we're going to be transdimensional uh, travelers going over to the Marvel Universe, because tonight we're also recording with the Mighty Marvel Geeks, uh, to, so they're doing all of our Comic-Con coverage. So we're going to talk a little bit about Comic-Con tonight, but not a whole lot, because next week's show on here, you're going to get the episode we're recording with the Mighty Marvel Geeks, but you will still get the weekly pull list. We're Then in two weeks, because Vernon and I are going to be out of town next weekend, we're not going to be able to record. So we're not going to have reviews for next week, but you will still get your poll list for next week. Then in two weeks, we're going to have a show with two weeks worth of reviews. So we'll have 18 or so comics on there uh, for that show. Plus, so it'll be a little light on the news. But then uh, the week after that, we're going to have our movie review show. So you got three weeks to see... The Suicide Squad, which will be out by then. The Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition Blu-ray or DVD or download, either any way you did it. And The Killing Joke. All three will be out and available and ready to go in um, three weeks. That's when we're going to spoiler-filled review of all of it. So, And then after that, maybe we can get back to something, some semblance of normal. Yeah. For the review one, I think it will be pretty interesting because we're going to have so much to go on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And actually, I think we're going to have a special guest with us on that show, too. Ooh, surprise, surprise. Yes. Everybody will see who that is later. So, um, but also remember, go over to iTunes. And actually, let me check the iTunes now. We are still running our iTunes contest. As of right now, um, until I check check it, we only had one review on iTunes. As soon as we get 10, we're going to draw a name who will get three free comics. You will get... DC Comics Rebirth Special number one, um, the first, second, and third printings, since all three were different. And the third one is actually a variant cover. Well, the second one was also, I believe, or is a different format? Different format. Um, okay. Both uh, the first and second print have the regular cover of Rebirth, and the third one has the one with Wally West on it. Ah, okay. That one's the really cool um, cover, the one where yeah. you see the opposite side of the picture. Exactly. And as of right now, so. we still only have one review on iTunes. Okay. Uh, we got some goodies. So Once we get to 10, there will be a winner. And then remember, every multiple of 10 after that, we will be drawing a name for a surprise. We're building a surprise prize box. And we may have other um, contests and such coming up also. So that's where we're going to be, what's coming up. So, Vernon, 
you got a chance. Actually, let's go right into this since we're doing an actual Killing Joke review later in three weeks, like we said. But you and our good buddy Bart got a chance to actually go see the Killing Joke in the theater. Yes, we did. It was so, actually a joy, and we had a lot of company there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So without giving us any spoilers on what it was, what was your impressions and how was it? Um, Besides them adding 30 minutes of extra to the movie, it was panel for panel dead on with uh, the Killing Joke uh, graphic novel comic book. Awesome. So um, for a comic book fan, it was really good. Also, for some comic book fans, I heard they didn't like a certain thing that happened. I personally didn't mind it if you grew up or even just watched the uh, Bruce Timm universe of Batman, the animated series. You could see where his ideas started, where the seed was planted. In this movie, they kind of ran with it. Um, there was some stuff going on in there that uh, the, we found out some of the writers and stuff been they've had an idea for for years. So this is something they've been dwelling on. I'm not going to tell you what happened, but it's something you'll notice that you can understand why some fans didn't like it. But me, I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, the movie was also really dark. I can see why it was rated R. It was just a really gritty background to it. This could have been a live action movie. That's how good this was. Awesome. So um, um, the one thing that was different that um, yeah. you get for seeing it in the live, seeing it live in the theaters, was you actually got a featurette at the beginning about behind the scenes. Now I we guess get I into did. that some. What was that okay. all about? Um, basically, um, it started off uh, with Mark Hamill's voice, and then after a while, we started to see pictures of, of um, him talking about um, when he first started on uh, Star Wars as Luke Skywalker to being, being a villain in the 90s to uh, Joker. So it was, a, I want to say, about five-minute video um, of, I guess, Mark Hamill's uh, road to Joker and coming back. Because for a while, he uh, mentioned, I know a lot of people forgot, I forgot, that he said he wouldn't do Joker anymore. But then he uh, said he regretted that because he's still doing it up to this day. Oh, yeah. When you're his voice, the way he created the Joker in the 90s, I've heard other we've talked about this before. I've heard other people play Joker. They're not Joker. Yeah. And that, that's what he was saying, though. He said he loved a lot of the other voices uh, for Joker. But uh, it says, I guess there's something about his that they keep calling him for. So, yeah. Um, well, that's just the yeah. fan. The fans like us and love him as Joker. Oh, yeah. I, to me, there's not really any other Joker voice-wise that could do as good as Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Mark Hamill, um, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in this movie took it to a different place. I've never seen them portray this dark of a version of the Joker or a dark version of um, Batman like that. They were different. I know the Arkham games kind of went full out. and Even Mark Hamill said that in the interview. Um, he thinks the Arkham game was his darkest portrayal of the Joker. But from seeing this... That, I would say, was the more realistic uh, version he could do of Joker. But this movie was the darkest i ever seen Joker's voice by Mark Hamill. Very uh, very psychotic, very depressing, um, very violent, sadistic. It was every- He was everywhere in this movie. Okay. But, um, Did you get a chance to see the other trailer, or the other um, featurette that was after it? Um, no, because at that point, um, it was getting a little late, and I said this is going to be on the Blu-ray, and I will get the Blu-ray, so okay. I uh, waited for that. I think they just went over the score for at least when I was there. Um, I don't know what else they might have shown once I walked out. Hmm. Okay, well, that's something we're going to have to cover when we get the Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. we got to get a hold of DC and see if we can get on like, a preview list or something. Oh, yeah, we have to. I was thinking about contacting some other people in the YouTube community with um, the DC Comics. Maybe we could uh, get some... Uh, Help from them because some of them um, go to the early screening, so I'm pretty sure that it's not hard for them to get an early release like that. Yeah. So that was. Um, so you guys overall had a good time. Oh yeah, we loved it. It 
no matter how you walked out of the movie theater, you were on your seat, just just in anticipation of what else was going to happen in the movie. Even if you read the book, you still were on the edge of your seat thinking, what is going to happen next? This is a little bit of a roller coaster. So, yeah, um, loved it. Definitely want to see it again. Can't wait for a Blu-ray. Cool. From from Batman there, let's go on. We actually have some Supergirl news that came out this week after Comic-Con. We actually got a picture of Tyler Hoechlin... And his Superman costume. So what? I was wondering, what's your thoughts of that, Ken? I like it overall. There's a couple things that take. It's the main changes that take it back for me. Was um, the shoulders? I, I'm not sure if I like the way the cape attaches at the shoulders. I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with the leather cape. Now Vernon's going to be um, sharing this on our Instagram so that everybody can see. It if you've not seen the picture yet, but. Um, it's the classic blue Superman. It doesn't have the red trunks, which I'm okay with, reluctantly. Um, but <laughs> the cape attaches on the shoulders just outside of the S-shield. It's actually, the closest I can think of is it actually is similar to the um, Eradicator, the way the cape was for him, the original Eradicator. Um, but the other two things that jump out at me was um, the suit, desi- or not design, but like the, the material of the suit and everything they use to make it is very similar to Supergirl, which makes sense. Um, where her S is just red with the blue behind it, he's actually got the yellow shield behind the S. So his his looks more like the classic Superman logo. Um, but he's got a straight red belt. And um, I'm going to read an article here from comicbook.com that um, talked about it. But the one, other one that throws me off a little bit is his boots. They're almost like moon boots, like you would have had as a kid. See, I don't, I don't know. I don't mind the costume. <laughs> yeah, as much. I'm sure once we see it in action, like hers when we first saw it, it was like a little bit too much leather almost. Yeah, I, I guess the reason why I'm so okay with it because I didn't really like the um, superhero costume at first. Yeah, but got over, watched the show, enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm in the same mindset of Superman. It's like I personally don't mind it now because I'm still gonna watch it. I'm gonna forget completely about it. Yeah. Also, I'm um, posting the picture right now to Instagram, and I was going through there looking, seeing him on set, he does not look bad. I think it's, really thinks the lighting and the angle of the photo. Because okay. on set, he looks a lot better with the costume on, I can tell you that. Cool. So, I'll have I'm to check out that. those pictures. Um, but, comicbook.com, they actually have a comparison of um, this costume with other television and movie costume and comic book costumes they've had for Superman. Because out of all the DC characters... He and Batman, we've seen the most. Mm-hmm. So there's been all kinds of takes on both of those costumes. So it says here um, from comicbook.com, Supergirl survived its freshman season as the show was dropped from CBS but rescued by the CW, where it arguably belonged. Aside its cousins, Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow, so the CW showrunners aren't shying away from getting some big guns behind the titular car- heroine. As Supergirl Season 2 finally um, will finally feature the debut of the new TV Superman. He's being played by Teen Wolf actor Tyler Hoechlin, like we've been talking about. Um, it says, today we got our first look at Hoechlin in costume as Superman. And the internet is buzzing about this latest addition to DC TV multiverse. For the sake of comparison, we're... Um, comicbook.com was um, doing a rundown of how the TV costume compares to the movie counterpart. Um, specifically um, Henry Cavill's costume, mm-hmm. as well as the comic book influences that expired it, or inspired it. Now, it says, um, just on an initial survey, you see that the design aesthetics are very different between the two um, costumes. Mm, yeah, they are. <laughs> it says, 
Um, Cavill's suit is more, quote, alien skin with its fit, and the way the detail like the boots and sleeve cuffs were incorporated smoothly into the suit. Hoechlin's suit is more of, more of a suit than a skin, and in general, there's a bulkier design to the costume's accessories, padding, and body contours that have almost an NASA astronaut aesthetic to them. The only thing I saw a NASA astronaut really about this was the boots. The boots do remind me of something that would be like in a space suit. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, that's the that's when uh, you said that's what my head went to as well as his boots. Mm-hmm. So, well, mm. the second point they have here is um, Hoechlin's costume ops for the red utility belt design pulled from the New Fifty Two comic reboot Superman. Um, and then Cavill's costume famously skipped skipped over having a pronounced pronounced belt or red underwear worn over the classic over his pants in order to achieve its alien skin look so yeah the the belt is one of the other things that draws your eye because usually you're used to a little bit of gold there the red almost just (laughs) blends in with everything else yeah i'm I'm still looking at the onset photos and it's it the picture they uh posted for today does not do the uh, costume as much justice as you see on the onset photos onset photos look amazing he looks perfectly fine that i have no concerns um but yeah, the costume design looks like a mixture between the new 52 Superman, the Superman we see on screen, and still, since that was the biggest uh, ever portrayal, of best portrayal ever of Superman, uh, the Christopher Reeves version, I see that it's like a mixture of everything right now yeah. with this costume. Well, one of the other major differences between Cavill's and this one is actually the S-Shield itself. As I, Like I said, yeah. the one, the one yeah. that Tyler Hoechlin has is the classic S-Shield, the red S on the, um, with the yellow background. And that's probably what reminds me so much of the original. Yeah, and Cavill's is more of like the built-up S with layers building it up and becoming the symbol of hope instead of just an S. Right. So the other one they have was about the coat, the cape. It says the cape clasps are very different, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Cavill's run seamlessly into the shoulders. It says like hair extensions, but it's actually more similar to what the classic Superman was. The cape kind of just came out of the um, neck holes, whereas... Um, Tyler Hoechlin's actually attaches with clasps right at the right. corners of the S shield. So the, probably the clamps to me make the least sense because of Superman and his costume. Mm-hmm. But um, I know that's a very very small complaint. But if anything, that would be it yeah. for me. The clamps seem a little off for it. Well, this I'm I'm looking at it and just seeing that's the stuff that I noticed. I'm still watching Supergirl no matter what. I mean, oh, so yeah. Big Blue's going to be oh, on yeah. there. You got to watch Big Blue. Oh yeah. Um, well, the reason why I'm because I know um, I was a little skeptical on last season. I wasn't the biggest fan of the show last season either. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I'm really excited for this season, this is the first time, guys, we're going to see the Trinity member on TV if it wasn't their show. The only one I could think of this happening was Smallville. But yet in that, he still never became Superman on screen where we could see him on for a full episode. Yeah, now we so, didn't see him the whole episode, no. No, we see him at the very, very end. And actually, we didn't see him fully in costume either. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this first trendy member to be on uh, TV like this for a show within the um, television universe, I should say. Well, no, we've had Batman and Superman both on TV before. But not not in recent times. No, not recently. It was, what, 20 years ago is when Lois and Clark was on? Yeah, yeah, and that was the last time I think we saw that. Um, Then you go back. Birds of 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 Prey never had Batman. Right, I would say, I think we've seen an image of him. At one point, but it was more like a flashback. We really didn't get to see him, see an actor really there for a whole episode. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, and he's supposed to be on this uh, Supergirl show at least three episodes, if I'm correct. I believe two right now, and they two? have the chance oh. of bringing him back later. Oh, okay. Well, we can hope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm very excited for this. I can't wait for uh, for Tyler to be on there. I have the most faith in him with the show, and it's on the CW too, guys. Yeah, so um, that should mean that the character is going to be correct, right? And as we said before, it's a this was a complete different Supergirl than I thought they were going to put on TV as well. So yeah, this Superman should definitely fit her world. But uh, yeah, Superman's going to be awesome on there. I'm glad that they're only using him for two episodes because then it's still her show. Exactly. Yeah, I heard that was another thing. Some people were saying, um, "Don't turn this into a Superman show." Like I said, the um, Trinity's never been on there, and plus, I don't think he could take away too much of that. I feel like the most is going to happen is what happened with um, Jay Garrett being on The Flash. Yeah. You get that aspect of people do get excited to see him on TV, but at the end of the day, you still remember this is Barry Allen's show. Yeah. So. Well, actually, Bart brings up, um, Bart is actually in the chat, and he says that um, the, you do actually, at the very end of Birds of Prey, you get to see Batman on there, but you never actually see his face. Right. Right. So I gotta. Li- I've not watched all the way to the end. I have it on DVD, and the CWC has it. So I gotta sit down and actually watch the whole thing. Yeah, my problem is I've seen bits and pieces. And it's been about mostly seven years since I've seen the whole series. So, and maybe you know what we need to do. Once I get the um, podcast, what? Is it marathon? <laughs> well, I was gonna say once I get the podcast studio up and running here, here at the basement, and actually get a permanent podcast studio, maybe we'll do some marathons and do some. Um, commentaries or something oh that would be pretty cool so i should be set up to do that in the next month or two so but i believe you have the next cut the next story and then a couple more after that maybe we've got a couple more news stories real quick before we get into our reviews so which one you got next i want to go over to say well i'll mention this right now the flat spoiler alert yeah this is um, a big spoiler alert big spoiler alert um I'm give us about five minutes if you don't want to know anything about suicide squad yeah i'll say cut out for a little bit pause come right back in about five minutes okay so um we have some news reports letting everybody know the flash will be in the suicide squad um now i have no idea how long it will be um what's his role in the movie um i'm going to read the article right now we're nearly there suicide squad fans the film premieres august 5th at which point we'll uh, learn everything we need to know about the villains and the comics and uh, the dc cinematic universe however until then we've got one big spoiler as i just mentioned the flash will be in the movie um and that's really it they don't want to give away too much um if they say anything else that would definitely spoil that whole scene well i can say what my speculation is to this I think this might be a flashback for Captain Boomerang. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking they're um, all going to have flashbacks to something mm-hmm. about where they came from. I'm assuming that's where a lot of the Joker and Batman stuff is going to be, is in Harley Quinn's backstory. Yeah, and I was also thinking probably a small bit of Killer Crocs as well. Possibly. But yeah, that's Happy the only yet. thing I can think for Flash even being involved in this movie whatsoever. Um, and it was funny that I, when I found this song and I came home today, me and my mom was talking about Suicide Squad. And in my head... Um, my mom was saying, uh, what did she ask me? She said, Captain Boomerang, how do you think he got there? I was like, probably from Flash. She was like, the Flash. And she's seen him in um, the TV shows of Arrow, but on there he was introduced through Arrow coming on to Flash. He wasn't a Flash villain. So she was a little confused on that, and I explained that to her. And then next thing I know, there's an article saying the Flash um, is going to be in the movie. So that's the only reason I can think for him to even be in there. Okay. Well, the one thing that's interesting was this article you brought up actually has a cast list for um, the cast in order of appearance for Suicide Squad, yeah. but isn't... Um, I, I think I know where you're going because I didn't see his name on there Isn't Clint either. Eastwood's son supposed to be in this? Yeah, I was looking for Scott Eastwood, and he's nowhere to be found on here. He went to the Comic-Con on there. He just said Scott Eastwood. They never talked to him. 
We don't know what... I have no idea what his role is in this movie. Unless it is something that's a huge spoiler and they're purposely not putting him on the it, list yet. Yeah, it has to be a spoiler. Big spoiler because they put everybody else on here. Because if it is just going to be somebody like Slade or... Well, if it was a... Um, what's uh, Dick Grayson's spy name again? I never read those books. Agent 37, maybe? Seven? Okay. Um... I don't think it was would be him because Dick Grayson's uh, character never had that big of an importance to the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Where Deathstroke, on the other hand, was a double agent for the Suicide Squad. So, okay, yeah. Um, in the New 52 comic books, he was, I think, a double spy. Okay. For them. I yeah, it is Agent 37. Not this one. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's him. Uh, Deathstroke would have way bigger um, importance to that than uh, Dick Grayson. And um, yeah. out there listening, if I'm uh, tell me if I'm wrong, don't quote me to that. But I think he was a double agent for um, on the Suicide Squad team. But that's just so. weird. Looking at the, they have lists of just about everybody, including yeah. just general names. Every, but then this yeah, isn't I mean, the, this isn't the full cast list because there's no. got to be way more people than this in here. No, I want to say this is probably for the first probably thirty to forty minutes of the movie. Possibly. Um, yeah, it starts off uh, with Deadshot in. in <laughs> What does it say? Hot girl. Uh, yeah, hot girl patron. So I have no idea who that is. They have Air Force, two star generals, Army, one star general, just a bunch of uh, um, extras uh, in the movie here. So there are actually some other ones missing from this list too. Yeah, he knows Batman's yeah, not on there. And um, yeah, well, we they said they say in order. So they're going down the list. We probably won't see him till later on. We see June Moon and Rick Flag's name appear uh, side by side at the same time. So in the trailer speculating they probably have some type of relationship seems like so they that's probably where you see them together um around the same time mm-hmm. but um so yeah and as the list also goes on i don't see hugo Stra- they said hugo strains may be in the movie and if it's the same character i'm thinking i don't see him on here he should be in the beginning of the movie but we'll see and it might have just took out some of these names just because yeah but then why would they leave flash in there well actually True. i think there if you look at it, it says in order of appearance, it says Captain Boomerang, Flash, then Diablo. So more than likely, Flash, as soon as they introduce Boomerang, Flash is going to flash back to Flash. Mm-hmm, that's what I'm thinking, too. And uh, the character I was thinking of was, uh, his name is Griggs. Yeah, I thought um, thought Ike might be playing him. Um, Hugo Strange, so I'm going to count that one out. Okay. This was a fan theory when the trailer was first shown. Yeah. But um, that that's it for uh, the little spoiler. <laughs> We'll, we'll find squad. out all of it here in another week or so. Yes, we will. Oh, I can't wait. So oh, as we both goodness, get back from the... our vacations and such. Right. I know I was really hyped for uh, Bad vs. Superman. I was I wasn't exci- too excited for, um, uh, what was the other one that came out this year? I can't think of it. Um, I can't remember the movie. There's another movie I was really hyped for. I can't um, think of it right now. But Which one? Most uh, one that... Captain America? Yeah. I, yeah, at first I was not hyped for that movie because I knew what it was and how they changed it, and I was like, eh, I don't mm-hmm. know. So Suicide Squad, that's uh, that's what I've been waiting for for a year. This is my most hyped movie this year, and hopefully it does not disappoint. I really don't think it will. The The cast and director and writers seem to be amazing, and they went back over to correct some things and add things to it. So well, when Suicide Squad comes out, I'll probably see that about five times in theater. I'd like to. Hopefully I have time. That's the thing. <laughs> well, the next article we have is actually um, – Another this is Comic Con news, but it's not. We're not going to get into really deep details, or we may not cover it as much over on the other show. But um, Matt Ryan is actually coming back to do Constantine again. Well, this is confirmed, but it's in a little different role than we're used to. He's actually coming back to do Constantine in the animated movie of the Justice League Dark. 
Now, this for a while actually had Guillermo del Toro was um, yep. supposed to be directing the live action version of this. So it looks like they've opted to um, go animated instead. Yeah, but, I, would, I would still like to see a live action of it, but for now, it seems like that's the story that they were working with and they switched it over. Well, you actually watched the um, the featurette. They had like a what, a eight and a half, nine minute, eight minute, uh, eight and a half minute video um, about this. What characters yeah, are in was, this? What did you see? Was, um, this Constantine, Etrigan the Demon, uh, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Zatanna, um, and there's a new character from New Fifty Two. Um, can't place her name right now. Um, all six members are going to be in the Justice League Dark Team. Um, also, Batman has a huge part in this, I found out. So I guess he's going to be with them basically throughout the whole uh, movie. Which makes sense because, I mean, out of all of them he's connected to, he's uh, connected to um, Etrigan, we see in the animated series, and also Dead Man. So it makes sense for Batman to be the member of the Justice League to ask them for help and help them uh, defeat whatever enemy this is. Yeah, so, um, and actually it looks like most of the regular Justice League will be in it, but um, I saw mm-hmm. the parts of that um, that I saw they also said that this is basically the team of Justice League team that taste, handles things that the rest of them can't figure out how to work with. Yeah, it's um, the Justice dealing with aliens or threats to Earth or something bad going uh, with some type of being coming here to conquer our world. That's the kind of stuff they deal with or small robberies and stuff. Uh, Just the dark deals with the dark magic that happens on the universe. Something like what Trigon's uh, Raven's father are. Yes, that that type of uh, evil the Just League can't deal with. So they can't do this. They need some help from Just the Dark. And as you were telling me, Dad, work they don't have any meetings. If there's something going wrong with the magic world, they'll know and they'll be there right when it happens. So mm-hmm. the um they had a little bit of interviews with the voice actress um, for Dead Man, uh, Etrigan, Batman, Constantine, uh, Zatanna. But the one voice actor they left out on there was a Swamp Thing, so I don't know who's uh, voicing him. I don't know what he sounds like. They didn't even have him in the trailer for that yet. So I, I, well, they I showed a picture of him, but he didn't say anything. anything. Right. So yeah, um, It'd be interesting we'll... if they got the guy who did the voice and um, acted as him in the TV series. I that love that voice. Awesome. Well, they got Matt Ryan back, so maybe it could be a surprise for us. <laughs> yeah, but I think most people probably don't even remember there was a Swamp Thing series or movies. Yeah, or even knew it existed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, that's another one I do yeah. have on, on DVD is the Swamp Thing series, the first season. And I have the movies. Ah. Yeah. So we should do a little commentary on that. Um, also, Swamp Thing will be in the new uh, Justice League action show as well. So it seems like they're, um, DC Comics books are trying to go a little bit more deeper into Swamp Thing and bring him back to relevancy of uh, the comic books right now. Because the last time I seen him, from what I can remember, was the Bryce Day story arc. Yeah. Well, a couple of the things we got from that same panel that was talking about Justice League Dark was um, the Killing Joke we know is coming out. The digital's already out. The Blu-ray and DVD comes out actually on Tuesday, August the 2nd. But um, they actually announced the Justice League Dark and the next two movies that are coming for next year. Next year, we'll have three movies released from DC Anima- or Warner Brothers Animated. We have Justice League Dark. The next one is one I know you're all excited about. Is yes, the- I am, man. <laughs> Teen Titans, Before- The Judas Contract. I actually That's have something- that. I have the trade of oh that, the original trade. I, I have them on a single issue. That was a great story. That's something that was one of the best... Getting these advertisers, sorry. Um, that was, to me, one of the best Teen Titan uh, story arcs ever. Um, that was also one of the best DC story arcs. Not on top 10, I would say, but it's definitely in top 20. Um, so it's good to see that they're going to bring that back out for fans. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't even know about that at all. 
but it's a big part of Jericho's story or and Slade. So, well, the other one they're bringing out is actually a totally original story by Bruce Tim. It's actually Batman and Harley Quinn. I guess Bruce Tim did the writing on it, so I'm wondering, are they going to get Kevin Conroy and um, Tara Strong that did Harley? Back. Yeah, that would be nice. Hmm. I want. I can't. I got to look into that. I'm curious about that because they uh, made a recent comic book. I think Batman and Harley go on a date or something like that. Okay. So uh, yeah, is this going to be Harley as a hero or as a villain? I'm thinking if you remember that episode with. Um, uh, when uh, Harley was trying to help Batman stop Joker, and also the episode where she got released from Arkham because she uh, was insane, they released her because she uh, didn't need any more mental help. Oh, she regained her sanity. She cleared herself and then went right back into it because, well, it's Harley. But it lasted longer than uh, normal. Yeah. Um, I feel like those are the episodes Bruce Tim made for a Batman animated series. I feel like this is going to be probably a continuation along with that something like what we saw in The Killing Joke. Right now, I feel like Bruce Tim's just saying, hey, I wanted to go further with this idea in the show, but I couldn't. Now I can make a movie out of it. So Yeah. Um, that would be a great, uh, I think that would be a pretty great feature to watch. Curious on how that's going to go. Very curious. See uh, Batman and Harley on screen for about an hour and 30 minutes will be uh, a little odd. Mm -hmm. Well, the next stories we got is actually we have, um, what, five trailer new trailers? Or actually six if you count Suicide Squad, but between television True. movies. Uh, we'll now yeah. we'll talk about them here a little bit, but most of this we're probably going to be talking about with the Mighty Marvel Geeks next week. But um, we got, on the movie side, we got... The Justice League actually had a trailer. I was shocked that they had this. Yeah, um, and after rewatching it, it's a very small trailer. Yeah. Very small. This is more so they are still shooting it. Um at Comic Con, Zach and I were saying they just got done shooting some of their movie before they got there. So well, they um I believe they're actually wrapped they're, on principal photography. So they still got pickups okay. and stuff like that, and they got a lot of special effects they gotta do. But the effects they had in this looked amazing. But you get to see all of the Justice League minus Superman, which anybody who makes saw uh, Batman v Superman, it makes sense that he's not there yet. But um we're gonna like I said, we're gonna probably break this down a lot more once we get over to Mighty Marvel Geeks. But um oh, yeah. we also got a new Suicide Squad trailer, which looks um Suicide Squad, everybody needs to go see because this looks amazing. And this last trailer, it, what I loved about this, the editing on this was so much better than the Bad vs. Superman one because it did. Bad vs. Superman trailer spoiled certain things just from the trailer. You could kind of piece together where and why that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. With the Suicide Squad trailer, they gave us a lot, a lot of uh, scenery from there. There's so many different clips in this trailer, but I still personally have no idea what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. I'm still saying so most of what we see. Trailer. Yeah, well, I'm still saying most of what we see in these trailers that we've seen is the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. I hope not. <laughs> well, then that means we I have plenty of more that. movie to see later. <laughs> True. No, I'm saying I just hope it's less than that. Um, they also released some clips at Comic Con of uh, the Suicide Squad, uh, about one to two minute clips of uh, I think it was Enchantress scene, them in the bar, um, Katana getting on the plane with them. Them in the city uh, and Deadshot's little trailer or okay. not trailer, his little. Clip. And I think that's probably at the beginning of the movie that just it didn't spoil too much, but gave us a little insight on what Will Smith will bring to Deadshot. But yeah, the trailer was amazing. I loved it. It was a three minute. Uh, I want to say was that forty second trailer or something? Something like that. Like that. Yeah, it was pretty long. Yeah. yeah, and they had some of the soundtrack, which I'm picking the soundtrack up too when the movie comes out. Um, I haven't bought a CD in a long time, but this is a soundtrack I want to play in the car, play in my house, everywhere. Need to play it. Awesome. I have my phone too. 
So, yes, go see Suicide Squad. It's going to be awesome. Me and Ken are going to watch that weekend. We will review it to you. But we also got another trailer from them. We also have Wonder Woman. This one was another one that I was surprised in how well it was. This was not a teaser. This was a no, full-length trailer. trailer. Um, I like this trailer more out of the su- last Suicide Squad one and Justice League. I'm still really high for Suicide Squad, but I did not expect to see a Wonder Woman trailer done so beautifully. This looks like it's going to be probably one of the best movies uh, for comic book fans in 2017. Oh, yeah. So, uh, But it shows a lot of... It's all, or just about all, in World War One. There is mm-hmm. nothing in the modern time at all in this movie. Or at least according to the trailer. Right. I think they're going to stick to that. And also from the picture we've seen in Batman uh, versus Superman of Diana, Steve Trevor, and the uh, the surrounding the character surrounding them, this is going to be where probably where the picture got taken. And we're going to see a little, not even a little, we're going to see a lot into her past, where she came to be. Because this seems like it's going to be also, this is an origin story too. So yeah, uh, Wonder Woman, we don't know how old she is when even Steve Trevor sees her in this. So... And what I'm wondering is, um, obviously, that means Steve Trevor in the modern day is already dead. Or he's really, yeah. really, really, really old. Yeah, the, once again, this goes back to me, reminds me of Bruce Tim. Um, the time we got to see Steve Trevor in that was uh, when they went back in time to fight the Nazis. <laughs> and, uh, well, I don't think they were Nazis. They were supposed to be something like them. Mm-hmm. And they went back in time and stopped them. And Steve Trevor was a young man in that. And then when we see him in the future, he's an older man. But Diana still remembers him and he's still calls her his angel and i feel like that's probably maybe something we might see in the movie that concept yeah um steve trevor being an old war vet so i liked it on bruce Timms, and i can't wait to see how big of an expansion they can do with that for the movie oh yeah well um, oh and just one thing i also want to say at work today when we showed uh, our fellow co-workers the just league trailer we got some laughs from them mm-hmm. well that's good because they were trying to, they've already said they're trying to fig- find that in these dc movies Right, and these and Seth and Hope. I don't think they know too much about the uh, Justice League, but it, the well, humor was in know. there to amuse them. Yeah, they got to know who it is because everybody knows these characters. Right, uh, most they of know them. who they are, but they don't know the what fans were complaining about about the movies about them being too dark or you know yeah. not lighthearted enough. They just saw this trailer, got a giggle, uh, said they might. It looks pretty cool. They might want to see it. So that's a sign that DC, whatever they're doing. There, it's working. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then, um, that was the cinematic. We actually got, I believe, three trailers for the um, television universe. And actually, a lot of the trailers, there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff in them. No, it was a little we bit of what happened. Flash. Previously. Basically, all it does is confirm the. Um, it confirms the existence of Flashpoint. Eobarthon mm-hmm. comes back, yeah. and it's not um, Henry or um, Harrison Wells. Yeah, it's not Harrison Wells. Eobarthon. I'm trying this to remember the, the name original. of the actor. Uh, I cannot think of the actor's I, name right now. When we actually get closer to the show, I'll actually have all that again. But um, we got an Arrow trailer, which actually you see there is a new Team Arrow, at least at the beginning of the season. Out of all the TV tra- television trailers, that was the one that I'm most excited for because I've probably seen more in that one. Mm-hmm. So, well, we yeah. can see Wild Dog, which we um, knew was coming, is actually training with Arrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Terrific is training with Arrow, and I believe that's Artemis. Yes, it is. So that's she's actually Team Arrow Artemis from just, And she's a completely different Artemis from what we saw in Young Justice, but I'd much rather see her as Artemis on here than Black Canary. <laughs> yes. Um, the other one we got was Legends of Tomorrow, and the biggest takeaway from that is actually we know who the main villain is 
for the season. Yeah. We are getting the Legion of Doom, at least the Flareverse version of it. Mm-hmm. I, oh. We're getting I Malcolm we're, Merlin. Many, yeah, I'm trying to think Captain of how Cold. On that. Or no, Malcolm Merlin, no. Verse Flash. Yes. Uh, crud. Malcolm yeah, Merlin, that, uh, Verse Brent. Flash, Damian Dark, and I think it was Captain yeah, Cold. Damian Dark. I'm trying to look this up right now as we speak, actually. Yeah, the Legends of Tomorrow uh, Legion of Doom. I believe it's Captain Cold. I wonder how they're going to work with work that Googles in there. It. Let me see whose Google Foo, Google that Google Foo is better. I'm actually watching a trailer right now. Ah, yeah. I guess I'm not too surprised to see Damian Dark in there, and I liked him in uh, as a villain of the Flash. Oh, not the Flash of the Arrow. Nice yeah. to see him and White Canary go at it. Here we go. We know we're getting the Justice Flash. Society of America. We have um, and the Legion of Doom is where's it at? It's you might find it. more on it on the list than I'm actually am watching it. So. Well, we know we've been talking for a while about the fact that we're getting the um, Justice Society. The Legion of Doom is. Let me see. As I go through all of this, aha, the show Leg- will introduce heroes like it says. Um, part of the panel they talked about the show Legends Tomorrow will introduce heroes like Our Man, Star Girl, mm-hmm. Obsidian, and Doctor Midnight. Hmm. So that's some of the heroes are going to bring. First time seeing Doctor Midnight on the small Ooh. screen live action. It says Obsidian is actually the son of Green Lantern and Dr. Midnight. This is something hmm. we're going to have to talk about. Oh, yes. I actually have the... Uh, I forgot I have a toy of him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, wow. Uh, I went through this, but never actually a, said who they are. He has a sister, too, right? I don't know. I think he has a sister. Oh, I'm glad I'll see him on there, too. Yeah. As this goes back... See, this is good. This is really great podcasting. <laughs> Here we go. Newsarama will come, should come through. Justice Society is comprised. Okay, this is the Justice Society. They're Our Man, Vixen. Remember the new the new Vixen, Citizen Steel, right. Obsidian, Stargirl, and Doctor Midnight. They've not yet cast Obsidian, Stargirl, or Doctor Midnight. And then the Legion <laughs> well, of Doom is all returning characters. The Legion of Doom will be Eobard Thawne, Damian Dark, yeah, Captain Cold, and Malcolm Merlin. Hmm. I wonder how Captain Cold's going to play in there. I don't know. Oh, and Obsidian's uh, sister was Jade. She was another Green Lantern. Okay. So So it looks like there's going to be some awesome stuff coming from the world of uh, DC television in the coming season. Oh, yes. I mean, they're going all out for this. All out. Yeah. DC's going all out on every platform Mm -hmm. right now. And I I love that. We're going to be... This podcast is going to get bigger and bigger because of all the stuff that's going to be jam-packed with. We may have to do two of these a week or something. One for... You might have to. One for TV and cinematic and one for comic books. Mm-hmm. So... Because we're still going to be getting the books in. And when the new season starts, we got four shows. Yep. Well, speaking of comic books, I think we need to actually get into our re- reviews for this week. I think I can agree with you on that. So, uh, we had nine books this week, Super Friends. And actually, the first one is Action Comics 960. So, Vernon, you got that one, right? <laughs> yes. Um, we've been on a bumpy ride in this uh, action action comic book series. Um, and here uh, we get to see another, more and more of Doomsday fighting Clark. Or not fighting Clark. Uh, Doomsday fighting Superman. But the thing is, the Clark Kent that we've been seeing, I really don't think this he, that he has any powers whatsoever. Well, no, he's actually got a broken arm, so. Yeah. <laughs> So um, Wonder Woman comes in and scoops him up before Doomsday delivers the final blow to him. Um, she delivers him, uh, bands him up, helps his arm out, and she's talking to him, and she's thinking to herself, yeah, this is not the Clark Kent I knew. 
But um, as Jonathan and Lois are watching on TV, we see Superman come back from out of the ground, and he punches uh, Doomsday in an awesome way. He does uh, these punches, like I said, Flash taught him. And he counts up to 4,035. Uh, he punched Doomsday that many times, and probably, I want to say, about under a minute. Oh, yeah. So um, we got a good fight scene there, and then we get to see now Wonder Woman and uh, Superman actually fighting Doomsday, and they're trying to take him out. And it's funny because Doomsday starts to run away from them, but Lois and Superman never could recall Doomsday running away from a fight. Doomsday does not run. Yeah. Um, as the yeah, and I was thinking, yeah, what the heck is he doing? This can't be Doomsday because Doomsday never runs away. But later on, Superman gets this thought along with Lois. He doesn't run. He hunts them. So Doomsday is now trying to find Lois and Jonathan. And before they uh, he gets there. Uh, Lex uh, stays back in Metropolis make sure all the civilians are okay while Lois Lane and Superman uh, fly off to save Jonathan and um, Lois. That sounded really weird what I just said at the beginning. They left Lex Luthor there to help save the civilians. Yeah. That's still just... As they're, as we're le- oh, getting to know this Lex Luthor in um, the Rebirths, because I didn't know him from the New 52, maybe he actually is working on the side of the angels. Yeah, when they first changed then the new 52, I said, this isn't going to last long. Lex Luthor is going to show his real colors. But this has carried on to Rebirth. Yeah. Well, I'm still wondering, waiting know. for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, I really am, because, I mean, this is like saying, hey, Joker's a good guy now. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. No, that that shouldn't have been in the same sentence. Okay. So, um, and there's the, I don't know what his name is yet, but it's the guy that's been lurking over the whole, uh, the story this whole time. He's uh, trying to figure out now what's going to be the next thing to happen. He's getting entertained. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's like there's somebody he's also talking to in there. There's two different um, dialogue bubbles for him. So mm. there may be more than just one person there uh, and behind this. But as Dunes, they, they do find um, Lois uh, and um, Jonathan. They all meet up. But Dunes, they still arrives. And he, the last uh, page is him punching Wonder Woman, and then uh, Superman has to go over there, and he does say, I know what I have to do. But we will find that out in Doomsday Protocol. And it's two weeks. Superman action. Yep, and that's in two weeks. Remember, the action comics are coming out every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, the next one we got was actually, we got Batgirl number one. And I was working my way through this right before we started recording, so... Oh, this one's great. We start off in Japan, and um, remember, this happens before Birds of Prey, or Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number one. Birds of Prey, right. So she's off training is what, the, according to that, she was off training is what she was talking about. Well, she's going off to, um, and we start off with the scene of this girl with a kabuki-looking face in a schoolgirl outfit beating the tar out of some guy. And as she is, Batgirl stops her, obviously, and... Um, protects or uh, basically does what Batgirl does but they're in Japan what's Batgirl doing in Japan is the big thing then we (laughs) kick back to 24 hours before that you see Babs is walking down the road um, going to a hostel in Japan Um, she's taking a break from Gordon Clean Energy her company remember we learned last week that she actually has her own company that she's Mm -hmm. she's built She's learned from somebody. I so think. she's taking her time and taking away time away from the company, like a sabbatical, going to a hostel. She goes, checks into a hostel that, and actually, she's got an old friend from when she was a little kid, some kid that she knew when she lived in Chicago before going to Gotham, and talking back and forth, and how um, she's actually here looking for. She did a. Um, she started looking through microfilms and such, looking for just clat- old heroes she could learn from, and she found one from the 1939 in Japan. That was called 
fruit bat. And uh, I guess she was a crime fighter in Japan in the 1930s. And you find out that um, Barbara and this guy, Kai, I believe is his name, used to get into trouble all the time. That's just mm-hmm. when they were kids. And, you yeah, get and a, even Commissioner Gordon had to sit them down one exactly. time and talk to them. So then they go, um, after talking back and forth, they decide, hey, let's go get some food. They go to the, um, and just get some food, while talking back and forth. Then they go to an Irish pub in Japan. Which I thought was... <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny of what happens once they start eating. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, the octopus there doesn't agree with Kai. And, no. Um, then we move on to the reason she's supposedly here is to see the 10,000 Isa dance parade. And when she does, when she's there, she actually meets up. She found out um, that this fruit bat from 1939 is actually still alive. She's 100 and 104 she's years old. Mm-hmm. So you see this old lady in a wheelchair being pushed by her hu- by her son, who's just an idiot. Guy's a jerk. <laughs> Talking back and forth, um, and the parade starts off, and he ha- he sees someone he needs to. So he's like, "Hey, I'll be right back. Watch my make sure my mom doesn't wander off." And she's in a wheelchair, and sure. she looks like the looks of it is like she's sitting there drooling on herself. Yeah, she's I mean, alive, geez. but just barely. <laughs> At that point, I don't think I would want to live that old. <laughs> yeah. Well, then um, the next shot we see is Kai. She turns around to see her friend Kai, and he's getting beat down by that geisha-looking uh, schoolgirl we saw in the first scene. Very, yep. And all of a sudden, Batgirl comes in to rescue. Hmm. And as she does, the girl um, takes off to run away. And as she does, out of nowhere, Batgirl figures out she's going to throw the ball to knock her down. As this old, old hand grabs a hold of the girl's leg and knocks her down. Batgirl's amazed, looks up, and Fruit Bat jumps up and is actually um, fighting. This 104-year-old lady is actually fighting this young schoolgirl-looking girl. The girl throws a knife, um, and the Fruit Bat deflects it and um, actually cuts the schoolgirl's um, necktie off yep, with a flying that, knife. So man. at that point, she's like, I'm out of here, and takes off. Batgirl is, starts drooling over this uh, Fruit Bat lady. He's like, you're this old. How are you doing all this? And the lady says, um, you need to find a teacher. And Batgirl's like, well, you could be my teacher. As she does, the lady seems to like have a heart attack and starts passing out. Because she's this old, she just had a quick burst of energy, and that was it. So Batgirl, yeah. as she runs away, the guy's, um, the lady's um, son comes back as Batgirl runs away. And then Batgirl's running across the rooftops trying to figure out what in the world happened. The lady says she didn't actually block or she didn't deflect the knife. She was blocking it before it was even thrown, which has thrown Barbara for a loop. She has no idea how this does. And the, um, the only way I can think about that is she can she can just judge a move so well. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But uh, where to go? There's a specific line that the lady tells her. Um, you must go find teacher. Go before they come back. Oh, there. Get away. You can't see the. F- he's, she says you can't see the future. When the past is standing in your way. Okay. So as Barbara's running around, she um, stops by a billboard to talk and turns, or to figure out what's going on, turns around, and there's a billboard for the future of MMA, adapt to multi-martial arts open, um, adapt multi-martial arts open weight Grand Prix in Singapore. So it looks like that's the future she's thinking of. So um, Kai gets back to the hostel and sees she's laying in bed just laying there because they they're sharing a room, and... Um, she invites him to go to Singapore with her, so that's going to be the next issue, is going to Singapore. Okay, so it seems like this is going to be a prequel. 
yeah, this looks like it's going to be a prequel of her learning how to be uh, Batgirl, or not how to be Batgirl, but just more more training for her. So, okay. and the next one on our list so, was actually okay. Detective Comics nine thirty seven. I like this yes. one was awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to like this as much, but the cover of it should have told me. <laughs> I know I say don't judge a book by its cover, but in a case like this, you should. Uh, I just want to say this cover is Batman. I never thought Batman and the American flag could look so good together side by side. Yeah, this one needs to uh, be a poster. Definitely. Um, if you guys haven't picked this up, um, at least look the image of it up online. And actually, I say buy this book because the book's amazing too. Batman uh, Detective Comics uh, issue 937. Boy, they're climbing up there. Um, the cover is Batman in the front, but in the back there's a... American flag in the shape of his bat, his bat logo, and he's like he's maybe in crime alley, some type of alley, but the cover looks amazing. But okay, gonna jump into the book here. Batman somehow got himself captured, but um, he well, remember the weeds or um, colony attacked last time, and there was like nine hundred of them that took him down. Yeah, um, some people were uh, I was talking to said, do you think Batman just might have got himself caught on purpose though? Well, you read the rest of this, and it looks like he may have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, he's captured, and they're trying to run tests on him. They notice there's something in his tooth. Batman break. looks like he somehow broke the tooth out of his mouth, spit it out, and turns out it was a smoke grenade inside of his mouth. And doing so, he gets out, and then we go back into the um, back. Uh, not the back cave, but there's a back cave somewhere on, in well, it's the colony's back cave. Remember, the colony is. Um, That's the colony. Okay. We found out from um, last issue that, um, or the actually last issue of yeah, Detective, that okay. colony is actually trying to be an army of Batman. Army of Batman. Yeah, that kind of remind me something similar of Arkham Knight when I saw that. Okay. Um, not gonna go into too much detail about that, but uh, there was the Red Hood in there, and he was Arkham Knight, and he basically led a army fleet, but he was. His whole style was basically like Batman because Batman trained him. So uh, seeing that in the comments, I was like, hmm, maybe they might go somewhere like that. But uh, we go underground and we see um, uh, Red Robin, Clayface, Batgirl, um, Spec, not Spectre. Um, Spoiler. Thank you. Spoiler. And what is she going by now? Orphan. Orphan. Okay. I thought I didn't want to be wrong there, but Orphan. Okay. They're all in the tunnels and they find the Bat. The other Batcave, and there, uh, yeah, Robin's a scu- How many of these does Red Robin have? He had the Watchtower. Now he has this <laughs> um, ancient um, subway terminal that everybody forgot about. How many of these does he have put away? How many does Bat? How many uh, getaway spots does Batman have? Yeah, well, the, the, there's a great line that he has in here. Um, where to go? No need for Batmobiles. No, no, not that one. There's a great line that he says about there. No, it's about being a 16 year old boy. Just keep going. I'll find. I think it's further on in here, actually. Yeah, but um, I'll find it as we go. <laughs> I love, I love Clayface's facial expression for this. They go in there and there's all this cool, these cool gadgets and the big stairway. And Clayface sees one, sees a couple things. Is that a bat train? <laughs> um. Then, then uh, Robin tells me not exactly, but it's just like these bullet cars underneath the old city. Um, ah, but yeah, here it is. Um, it? When they first walk into what it is is the um, the Gotham Transit. When they first put in the subways, they put in the subways. They had them all built. Then found out, so according to this, all the tunnels were three feet too small on all sides. 
for any of the train cars that were built at that time. So they had to buy, build a brand new subway hi- higher up. This was deeper than all the other ones. But it says here um, about when this terminal that's been rebuilt. He says, this is what happens when you give a 16-year-old genius who doesn't sleep an unlimited budget. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. I'm glad you found that because I remember reading that. I giggled at that, too. Um, then in the next scene, we see uh, Batman. Uh, he found the, I want to say the headquarters. And this this young kid was walking back with some junk food in his hand, and he gets stopped by Batman, and he looks up in surprise because he's basically been watching Batman for years. He even was following everything that's happened in, was that Zero Hour? Uh, zero Year. Zero Year. And, um, yeah, Batman's so surprised and shocked by this, how this young kid can have all this uh, these videos and cameras and all this detail on him. How did he do this? And then the kid goes to take a selfie, and Batman tells him, st- basically, he's like, I'll threaten to punch you if you don't tell me more answers. Um, and then he shows them these cameras of everywhere across Gotham, uh, and that's about two pages, and it shows the colony going after people in Gotham, shooting them, murdering them. And uh, Batman's saying, this is not a game, this is not fun, you've been watching us all this time. And then, as he's talking to the young man, he uses x-ray vision on his um, cow. And the man's pulling out a gun. Batman breaks his arm, throws him out the window. I'm sorry, did you throw him out the window on that? No, Batman got thrown out the window after he did that. I think I skipped a page. Yeah. Um, yeah, Batman gets thrown out the window by the colony after he broke the man's arm. And turns out this is his uncle that's leading the fleet of the colony. Exactly. It's um, Uncle Jake. Sandra's um, Batwoman's father. father. Remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My dog's barking. Um so, yeah, it turns out his own family members turned his back on him. Well, he's, uh, his um, uncle in that side of the family, the Kane side of the family, has always been military, remember? Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot deeper into the military, I think, than what Batman thought he could. Exactly. He thinks he d- he wants to take up Batman's crusade, but Batman's doing it on way too small of a scale is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And he also doesn't want his daughter being a part of that. Exactly. He Well, he's grooming her. To be the um, the leader of this colony of the, right, basically but, the army of Batman. Right, but Batman, she's been working with him, and her father wants her basically be by his side and what he uh, wants to mold her into. But she's not worried work with Batman. And at this time, he pulls a gun out on Batman, getting ready to shoot him. But Kate comes out of nowhere and there to save the day. And she says, "You want to answer? Know what side I'm on? Here it is." Then they just start attacking the colony and we will see what happens with that in the next issue of what and the name of that one's going to be titled as enemy at the gates. enemy at the gates i'm really liking detective I am, man, i'm, I'm the, liking action in detective I, this yeah. is this is a different batman still to me i mean i guess all around the way here is a different batman than what we're used to seeing in the books well this is the batman i kind of wish we had the whole time yeah because i was reading the what was that the batman hush Completely different Batman. Yeah. Completely different Batman. That was more of the the one most people are now used to seeing, the dark-toned Batman. Very dark, no light-hearted side to him. I uh, don't even think he smiled in there except for when he was Bruce Wayne or having flashbacks. But in this comic, you see Batman being a lot more light-hearted. He reminds me, like I said before in previous issue on here, he reminds me of what we've seen in um, Batman, uh, the animated series. He was still dark, but yeah, he still had that light side to him, saying, "Hey, I am human." Yeah. So that and like I, like you said, yeah, 
the greatest um, thing is it feels like the animated version that we got with Kevin Conroy for all those years. Yeah. So the next one we had was actually Flash, number three. Now, remember at the end of number two, the Speed Force Storm created speedsters all over the city. So you get the beginning of the book is um, Flash in August, who doesn't have a code name yet, and they point that out a couple times in this, that he hasn't put, chosen one yet. Start um, not uh, They find out not all the speedsters are trying to help people. You get three of them that are working together trying to... Um, they got three of the spe- these new speedsters robbing banks and stuff, so they end up capturing them, taking them out to Ironhide's prison to where they um, are actually equipped to hold speedsters. That's where the reverse Flash is. Um, also, while you're doing that, you actually see the bar where the rogues are hanging out. Because remember, Flash, the rogues on um, Flash's side work kind of as a team sometimes. But they're all talking about how, whoa, wait, now that the city actually has all these um, speedsters, it's time to go get out of Central City for a little while. So it's just a one-panel scene from them. So um, you see August and Flash over at Iron Heights dropping villains off. You got um, them talking about Black Hole which they're assuming that's who's actually somehow, or that August thinks that's who actually is causing the Speed Force storm to happen. Um, Flash is talking about how he has no idea how could this, how could they do that. Um, the next thing we see is um, they've been called to Star Labs. And you see Star Labs has actually created a training center for speedsters. Almost like they, to me it seemed like almost like they were ready to, um, they knew this was coming. Or why else would they have either that or they're really fast at building stuff like this. So they Maybe meet, a little bit of both. Yeah, they meet Dr. Mina Duan, who's actually um, one of the physicists at Star Labs, who's actually in charge of this training center. And she tells the Flash that not everybody is actually happy to have their powers. And um, he finds out she's actually one of the speedsters also. But she's heard about some of these speedsters that are um, scared of their powers, scared to hurt someone. So um, he wants to know who the what's going on with that. And as he does... Um, he goes with her while August has to go back to the precinct to start actually looking for where the cause of the Speed Force storm. But the fact that Flash has a partner right now means he can actually do multiple things at once. He can go and help these speedsters while August is actually um, doing the detective work here. Um, next thing we get to, you see Central City Crime Lab and you see Iris and Wally West, young Wally West... Um, visiting the lab, talking to Singh, but um, as they are, you actually this actually answers the question. Now, now I remember, um, Wally actually does have his power because as she's talking to um, Singh, trying to get the information about the um, about the black hole gang, Wally searches the whole office um, by a time, and no one even notices oh, because yes, he's right. moving so fast. I forgot about that. <laughs> exactly. So as Singh says, "There's no comment. I can't tell you anything because you're a detect or you're a reporter." They leave and. Um, you find out Wally stole all the files on the black hole. So she has all the information she needs. Next scene, we get to um, this house in Central City that Flash and the Doctor have gone to. And they meet this girl who's constantly vibrating. She can't control her speed at all. She's constantly in a state of flux and vibrating. Um, so the Flash sits down, te- or um, slowly teaches her how to calm and slow herself down so that she can actually... Um, start slowing down and it actually works and so the doctor talks to flash and says well how were you able to to do this i've been working for a long time trying to figure this stuff out and he said it's just something he learned over time on how to take your mind off of what's going on realize what's important and um slow yourself down yeah he said on the things you love exactly focus on the things you love take your mind off of you're actually speeding around and you actually you can slow down and so um, the girl 
Huh? I said that reminds me of uh, earlier on the first Rebirth issue when uh, Wally needed a lightning rod mm-hmm. to always center himself back. And I feel like that's basically what she... That's why I told her the things you love. Exactly. Keep those in mind. Well, so Wally always, and Barry um, both... Stay connected. Wally and Barry both have these lightning rods. For Wally, it was always Iris. Right. For Barry, it's Linda. It's the women well, they love. Well, yeah. And the sad thing is poor Wally, which we'll get more to that uh, once we get later down this re- oh, Rebirth yeah. reviews. But, um, I think they'll, I they will be gonna... putting them back together, but we'll talk to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll um, get into that. Next up, we get back to um, back to Star Labs and back to Iron Heights. And they find out the um, someone's broke into the prison cell where those three rogue speedsters were. And um, they've been basically fried, it looks like. And August mm-hmm. is laying there. It looks like he's been just about fried. Yeah, he's going to look like he's got about a 1% of life left in him. Exactly. So um, as they're there, he goes to check out um, – or the doctor goes to start um, looking at the stuff and Flash grabs her and says, whoa, wait a minute. This is a crime scene. You can't touch anything. So, um, But the doctor has actually a different speed power that, other pe- that Flash doesn't. She can actually tell if someone's connected to the speed force by feel, which is a new power that Flash didn't know anything about. Yeah, I wonder if uh, that will stay because I don't know how long – I doubt the whole city is going to keep their powers like this. This is going to be something that's going to happen for a short time, but I wonder who's going to keep their powers. Well, these three speedsters have had their connection to the speed force removed, and it looks like um, August also. The four of them all have lost their connection to the speed force. Oh, man. Let me. I want to look back at that. Did no August still has his? He does. Oh yeah, he's yeah, got he lightning looked, on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he has his. It says someone broke in. They knew how to vibrate through the walls. And he said his name was the next Godspeed. panel you get. Godspeed, the new villain, all white so with a little bit of lightning on him. He's a totally new look for any villain. Completely, and I love because we need a new look for a, a Flash villain. But um, yeah, I guess that throws our uh, our speculation of August being the new. Speedster, huh? Yeah. Well, also, it says that um, Godspeed was... Um, it says... August tells him he actually used the Speed Force as a weapon. Weapon, yep. So that was Which Flash I thought Barry could, three. too, but... Huh? I thought Barry could as well, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if you count, like, throwing lightning. Yeah. With him, it looks like a bomb went off around him. Yeah. Well, also, you at the end of this one, then it says that um, in two weeks, we get Speed Kills. So we're actually going to probably get more of who is Godspeed, what's he do, how's this work. So um, I believe you actually have the next one. We're up to Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number one. This is actually yes. much better than I thought than the Rebirth version. But then again, I think most of these have been better than their Rebirth specials. Yeah, the thing about that, that Rebirth, it kind of hit me on a different issue because it brought back that old nostalgic feeling of the Hal Jordan being Green Lantern. Because in the New 52, it was there, but this I felt like I kind of did back when uh, before he um, became Parallax. This is the kind of Green Lantern feel I got from this book. So I think that's why, uh, number one, I love. I love this one. But, um, so this uh, comic starts off the uh, Space Sector 563. Um, Outer Rim is being uh, ramshacked by these alien pirates, I want to say they are, or just muggers. Who's there to save everybody? Hal Jordan. So he comes there, stops them, and these are some um, thieves that's uh, been another had he's had more encounters with in the past. But we'll see how he uh, deals with them later on. Right now, we get to see the Sinestro uh, sector of Z- uh, Space Zero, and um, he says his quote with the Parallax. I guess this is what he asked Parallax for a favor in the uh, Rebirth issue number one. We find out Parallax um, gets back into the power source and. Uh, Sinestro does his chant, and he's back to being the Sinestro we know. Mm-hmm. While uh, Hal Jordan is still fighting 
uh, the aliens, we see Sinestro's um, daughter. And I, who's this uh, blue blue alien? Uh, they said her might. name was Lissa, I believe. Okay, I might yeah, be familiar with her, but she's not ringing a bell with my head right now. But as they're speaking, she says, your uh, father's... What did she say? I want to get this quote right. Uh, this is a rejoice, and your father is... Where is it? Might be later on in there. I'll get it when I see it. But Sinestro, oh, there it is. Daddy is feeling a lot better. <laughs> Sinestro's back to being the uh, Sinestro we knew years ago. He's a lot younger. He replenished his youth by joining with the Parallax again. And then he says his quote again, and all the other uh, the Sinestro uh, crops come out and uh, they start um, forming with him. But his daughter is the one that has second thoughts about it. She does not like what her dad's turning into. Yeah. Um, well, he also gives George, the, the Sinestro Corps uh, um, a job to do, basically. Because at this point, the Sinestro Corps has, yep. um, has basically the Green taken Lantern. the role of the Green Lanterns as mm-hmm. lawgivers, and then supposedly the rest of the galaxy has accepted this. Yep, and now that the rest of the galaxy is now up to them, the Green Lantern Corps is no more, so their opportunity has arrived. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hal Jordan uh, starts to fall to the ground as he's fighting these other aliens, and then he yells out, and his eyes are yellow, fear. He felt that. He felt the Sinestro Corps coming about and uh, coming back together again. And he knows the Sinestro. And he said, he's saying his name while he's on the ground grunting. And he gets to see another Sinestro member. Um, looking for his name, and I do not I don't, see They it. never say their names for either one of those. Well, there's a couple of Sinestro crop uh, members coming after um, Hal Jordan's aliens and him at the same time. And uh, as they're getting ready to fight... We get to see a rift opening up in the cosmos, and it turns out it's the Green Lanterns that actually survived the. Um, was it a slaughter they had, or did they all just disappear? It just they randomly disappeared out of nowhere, according to this. It seems like they all are coming back, and it looked like Kilowog's a little hurt. But we get to see um, Guy Gardner and uh, John Stewart. It seems like John Stewart may be the first in command dealing with this, and of course Guy Gardner's saying he's speaking for everybody. When he says we never want to do that again, and where where are we? Mm-hmm. And John Stewart says, we're home. Well, we do and get, you see it behind all of them. Is that, what's his name, Mogo? The Green Lantern planet? The living planet? Yes, yes. That's, what, okay, okay. So yeah, they're home then. So, I guess um, they're going to try to figure out also what's going to happen uh, with Sinestro cops as well when they get back. And I wonder if Sinestro felt that, same as uh, how Jordan felt the uh, Sinestro cops coming, up, coming about. So, they're going to get next issue too. Yep. The Green yeah, Lanterns um, are looking good. Everything so far, all of these books are looking amazing. And they're bringing... The next one. Yeah, and I just want to add, they're bringing back that nostalgic feel I have from the older books. This isn't like with the New 52, just redid everything. They're mixing what happened in New 52 also with their old origins. Mm-hmm. So the next one, though, um, is also, like I said, they're mixing. They're bringing in their um, histories and then moving them forward. The next one is Nightwing number one. It starts off here in Romania in this... Uh, um, in a graveyard, it looks like a lady with a zombie. They start looking up some, looking for, and it, supposedly it's the coins that the ferryman in the um, that travels across the river sticks. This is where he hides his coins, according to this. So um, as she's there, they've pulled this up. Someone comes and basically kills her and buries her and takes the money. So. We don't see who it is. We just know it's a robed figure with the really cool gauntlet on. Then we move on to Turin, Italy, and you see a trapeze act in a theater. And a couple of people up in the um, balcony, and one of the um, members of Cobra 
shows up to kill the people in the balcony. As you see that, Nightwing joins the trapeze. Look just like Copperhead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, isn't Copperhead the leader of Cobra? Yeah. I didn't know that they looked that close to his uh, <laughs> his outfit. Okay. Well, Nightwing gra- joins the um, trapeze, swings up, and saves this countess or whoever she is. But And as he like takes out the... Um, guy from cobra he looks at her and whispers the parliament of owls send its regard so he's obviously now working for the parliament of owls which is the international version of the court of owls in gotham Mm -hmm. and um, you get some internal monologue of him about what's going on how this is working and he ends up going to the next meeting which um says that he's been doing his job well but He's doing it on his terms, which they don't like. They when they send him out to take out someone, he needs to kill them and take them out. Um, so he says, "Yeah, you may have me over barrel because they still think they have um, Damian Wayne with a bomb in him." But um, obviously, from the last issue or from the Rebirth special, we found out that um, Dick took, care, took of care of all that. So, uh, but they tell him he's going to have a partner after his next job in Ro- in Russia. He will have a partner joining him to teach him how to actually do this. So then we switch over to Wayne Manor in Gotham City, and um, Dick's in the cave while Damien and Bruce are um, training. And um, Br- da- Bruce, da- Dick tells Damien uh, uh, one of Bruce's tells that no one ever figures out because no one fights him enough times to know this. And because of that, Damien is able to get a good wallop on um, Bruce and get, punch him right in the face, which he thinks is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I thought so that Bruce was calls, awesome. Yeah, Bruce says, go take a break. Then he goes to talk to Dick, and they're talking back and forth. And um, Dick's trying to get advice from Bruce and say, how should I do this? How? And D- Bruce tells him straight up, you're an adult. You figured this out already. You don't need me anymore. Need me. Make a yes, decision. Stop asking. Yeah, exactly. it's one of those, if you want to be on your own, stop asking for help then. Yeah, either work here and be only this or... Um, go on your own. You you know this. He trusts that Dick's going to be able to handle this. Go handle it. Then we move on to um, Burnside, and Dick's meeting up with Batgirl to talk about what's going on, and they've got some miscommunication. Uh, Batgirl thought they were doing superhero stuff. He shows up like it's a date. So, yeah. um, and then as they're, do- as they're talking back and forth, just, um, she gets a call, and um, he's got his superhero gear under his clothes anyway. So he takes off, and they go off on a mission. Next, we move over to Russia, and um, he's doing his whole Parliament of Owls sends the regards and saves this guy and um, takes a briefcase. And he had promised Barbara to bring back a souvenir from Russia. So um, after he does what he's supposed to with the Parliament of Owls, he's actually sitting in the cemetery with one of those Russian nesting dolls that says Barbara on it. And as he's sitting there... He is joined by his new partner, who happens to be named Raptor. And he has this really cool gauntlet on his hand. Yeah, and a deadly gauntlet at that from what we've seen previously. Yes. Supposedly, the gauntlet analyzes his foes and figures out what it will take to um, take them out. So um, he's telling... So they end up fighting, and um, he actually takes Dick down pretty good. And then he tells tells Dick that... um, He says, you need to sit down and shut up and listen... You need a partner, a better mentor, or you need a new partner, a better mentor than Batman because everything Batman taught you is wrong. Then the next issue is going to be re-education, which is interesting that it's actually next week. We're getting Nightwing number two. Yeah, as we were saying, when it's the next month, I guess the next month. Huh? Mm-hmm. So that brings us to Red Hood and the Outlaws. And I love Rebirth specials. Yes. Um, I love Red Hood and the Outlaws, this one, because it was a retelling of... Uh, uh, Jason's past. 
Um, and the reason really made me just fall in love with this first passage. They in the New Fifty Two in uh, their Zero uh, comic, they took away how the they made some differences of how uh, Batman and Jason Todd made each other. He he didn't steal the um, tires off his car, which you have to steal tires off of the Batman's car if you're Jason. <laughs> that's that's how the Batmobile lost uh, a wheel. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not Christmas, so we're not going to continue that slow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, Batman's in Crime Alley, and he says, you know that's a Batmobile, right? And Jason says, you know you parked it in Crime Alley, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, don't be surprised that your car is getting uh, hijacked. Um, he tries to hit Batman. Batman stops him, and then he pulls him close, uh, yonks him up by the collar, and Jason says, what? Batman asks him, are you hungry? So Batman takes this young... Uh, homeless kid out uh, from Crime Alley into a burger joint and got some burgers. Now they're parked um, outskirts of Gotham looking at the city, eating, talking about everything bad with Gotham. And then Jason brings up Bruce Wayne and how he's rich and he doesn't care about the city. How he's just looking out for number one. Um, he hates rich people like that. And then Batman tells him, don't judge people before you get to know them. Next thing we know, um, they're in the Batcave. And uh, Bruce Wayne now is showing him around. Time has passed. Alfred is now giving him a Robin suit. And next thing we see is Jason Todd and Batman in this, on skyscrapers running around in their um, suits. And now Jason is the second Robin. But Jason always had an anger si- angry side to him. He's always been what a, somewhat of a rebel toward Batman. So we get to see this uh, small passage of what... Um, Two-Face was trying to accomplish and do whatever it was he was doing, but he gets defeated. And Batman's taking out his henchmen while Jason goes for uh, Two-Face. And he just keeps being Two-Face in. Punch by punch, his gloves are getting bloody. Batman has to come over and tell him enough. And now we get to see him as the Red Hood, a vigilante who kills uh, kills villains instead of saving them, like what Batman taught him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this uh, crooked mayor uh, that Jace- looks like Jason's trying to kill. But uh, before he can do anything, he gets hit with an electric battering from Batman. And the two, of course, are going to fight, saying killing's wrong, and Jason's like, he's got this under control, leave him alone. Um, he winds up punching the uh, mayor. He gets away from Batman, punches the mayor, then winds up shooting the mayor. Now I said shot the mayor. Um, and then he goes to a, his uh, probably the closest pub in town, drinks some, and then the bartender tells him, it's funny that you're wearing the Red Hood outfit. You know that uh, somebody before rumored was the Joker. And he says, imagine that. You wouldn't say. He says, yes, yeah, so you might want to watch what feet you step on. Then it goes back showing a backstory to how Jason died. And that was with Joker beating him to death with a crowbar, leaving him with a bomb there. And then showing uh, Batman picking him up, um, picking his dead corpse up. Now, the next one, this- is that part of the Red Hood's original origin was the Lazarus Pit? Um, not really. Uh, it was when Superboy Prime punched reality is how he uh, came back to be. Okay. Well, according to this, uh, he actually was taken to a Lazarus pit that brought him back to life. Now, that was in Batman Under Red Hood, the animated series. That's okay. where I got that from, which I thought was pretty good. To me, it made more sense than him, um, uh, someone punching reality. Yeah. So, uh, I love this retelling. Like I said, they mixed in our old, they bring back our old, uh, comic book stories. And I have to apologize uh, for my dog barking, guys. Um, but then he's at the bar, and somebody there hands him a card that says, Excuse me, sir. And he gives him a card from Black Mask. 
and he's while he's reading, he says, "May I uh, consider us changing my mind?" J- Red Hood never takes an offer unless he has a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and as time goes by, he goes back to the Batcave. Him and Batman discuss the well, that's whole not the killing. Batcave. Not, well, that's no, actually you're right. Red I'm Hood's sorry, h- not the, hideout, which is yeah. underneath the police station, the police department. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Jason Todd has a little bit of money too to bribe people after everybody he uh, kills. That's a criminal, or just uh, well, he does kill them. I don't think he does anything else with them. He takes their money, so he can afford to certain things that are Gotham and build it as Batman would. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets there, he takes off his mask. Batman's waiting for him in his own headquarters, and he's discussing how this whole uh, the path you're taking to stop criminals is not the right way. And then he explains to him, "I didn't kill the mayor." Or Batman tells him, I see you didn't kill the mayor. You injected him with an antidote. And Jason said, I know. That's why I was there. You have to start trusting me. And then uh, Batman says, okay, I'll let you take whatever you're doing right now. But the moment somebody gets hurt or somebody's life uh, is at stake and you they get killed on your hands, I'm coming back for you. So basically he's letting Jason do whatever he wants in Gotham as long as he does not murder anybody. Well, the Which interesting is thing back here, when he asks Bruce to trust him, he Bruce tells him straight up, that we find out that everything he was doing with the mayor and the, the city hall and um, the crime syndicate, Batman asked him to look into. Because he says, if I didn't trust you, I wouldn't have asked you oh, yeah, to investigate this you. mysterious connection between city hall and the new international crime cartel. So right. the whole thing he was doing was actually because Batman asked him to. Okay. I missed that part. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, and then we get another uh, flashback of them standing in... And, by the way, guys, th- this shows Batman... Batman always had a different side to him when it came to Jason. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And he, it seemed like Jason was his first real son. He treated Jason more like son until Damien came about. Yeah. Tim never got that kind of treatment, neither did Dick Grayson, but Jason always did. He, I feel like he saw a lot of what he could have been if he wouldn't have went on the right path. Well, I think I, I think that has to do with um, when Jason anyway. was actually a Robin time, in yeah. our t- real reality time. Because... Mm-hmm. It, when Dick was actually working as Robin, it was in the 40s, 50s, 60s when they didn't do as much about their actual personal lives. Right. When they were doing Jason in the 80s, they tried to do a lot, a little bit more of the actual personal life of Bruce Wayne and things of that nature. So they may no. have had the very same connection for Dick and um, Bruce, but we never got that yes. explored really. But we didn't see this with uh, Batman and uh, Tim Drake either. Well, no, that's because Tim Drake um, was never his actual ward or um, adopted by him. Tim had a father. True. Remember, his father was um, was paralyzed. Um, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I figured it'd still take a man like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Okay. Tim turned himself but, uh, into Robin, remember? Robin. And he still wants to be Robin. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, they're taking a photo, and uh, this is for Alfred. <laughs> and this is a little segment here they have back and forth, and he says, we're going for serious. Are we going for sexy? And then Batman's saying serious. They. <laughs> Uh, but Alfred takes a photo and you can see Batman brooding and then um, Alfred tells him really sir cheese we'll uh, we'll do um, and then you see on the mantle there's Jason Todd and Batman smiling and then he uh, puts up his the picture right by his helmet along with the uh, the bat wheel that he stole and the next issue will be Red Hood and Outlaws number one and that's now, where we're actually going to compl- meet Bizarro and Artemis probably Right, because this was a complete backstory to Red Hood. And Artemis and um, Bizarro were not even mentioned in here at all. Yeah, this one was straight Red Hood. It wasn't Red Hood and the Outlaws. And honestly, from seeing that, I might, I'm might i hoping we might just get some single-issue Red Hood uh, 
a Red Hood single issue is no no without a loss because this was great just seeing him interact with Batman by himself. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe. But the next one you have, and this one I'm definitely gonna be talking with you back and forth because I had a lot of a lot of questions about this issue. Oh yeah, Titans. This next one we have is Titans number one, which this one here is gonna be running for one of my favorites. I think because yeah, it's same. got all the characters. I'm glad I, you agree. I know you're the same same way. We open up with um, Wally West, older Wally West. We're gonna have to. They gotta change one of their names or something, or call one of them Wally One Wallace or something. I don't know. This well, be they kind of. They technically do. Um, this is Wally West. The other guy is Wa- Wallace West, but his nickname both called is Wally. You know, Wally. Yeah, and also I noticed through this book we don't get a new name for Wally yet. Nope. The He's closest still just I got Flash. to that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Close that guy. He said, "You are a Flash, but you're a different kind of Flash." So mm-hmm. I was thinking, I think his name is gonna be Flash. And it, if we're going with the Titans now, all of these characters, this is now their second. Um, per- second alias for a superhero name like Nightwing was Robin but now he's Nightwing Roy was you know Speedy Arsenal uh, Wonder Girl Troya Aqualad Tempest so Mm -hmm. I I guess him being Flash because that was his second uh, superhero identity. It makes sense if he is just another Flash, and I, yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, we open up so, the first um, page is basically just a recap of what's been going on. Um, we get to, and then you actually see the hand coming through because we do get um, hints of Doctor Midnight in this throughout this one, or Doctor Manhattan. Sorry, okay, of the Watchmen. Um, but you get the whole recap of where we're at so far of Wally coming back and Barry actually bringing him back through and into time. He says, now you're the Flash, and he had, talks about the Speed Force, cha- um, using the Speed Force to redesign his costume. Uh, he said, and he calls it, he uses the Speed Force to reweave the mo- reweave the molecules of his suit to make a new one, which is mm-hmm. now the silver and red. Right, which we've seen previously when Reverse Flash and the Flash. Because then we bring it up to now, they're in Dick Grayson's loft in Gotham, and Lilith is actually trying to sit down with Wally to actually find out um, what's going on, see if they could probe his mind and find out if there's anything in there that'll actually help them figure out what's going on and with the missing time and the all of that going on. Um, and she gets into his mind, and the only thing she could find in there is Linda. And they're mm-hmm. all wondering, okay, why are you thinking about this one girl? And they, um, um, what's the name, Arsenal? Tempest and um, Donna Troy all are kind of making fun of him. That um, the only all, the world is ending, all this stuff has happened, and you're thinking about a girl. Yeah, well, uh, I was gonna say it's more so. Uh, Roy and um, Garth Donna thought it was pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, well, that was her way of teasing too. Of you, the way you read it, depending on how you read it. Then Dick, yeah, like, I guess, well, no, D- yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but and Dick tries to give some give him some advice. Go find her and talk to her again because he says he tried to talk to her and it didn't work out. Um, she didn't remember him at all. Then we flip over to um, Keystone City where Linda is actually sitting there watching the news, looking for another news story. Because remember, she's a um, news blogger trying to get a job for a newspaper or a website or something like that. And that um, reminds me of um, Iris. Exactly. She's another um, reporter. Very going for those news reporters. So um, she she gets a tip about... some strange, uh, the strange lighting that actually happened in Keystone the day Wally came and tried to find her. She figured out that when Wally came to talk to her and scared the crap out of her, that's actually the story she's been waiting on. She can't figure out what's, um, so she's got to figure out what that lightning was. Then we go back to the Grayson loft and, um, the Titans are sitting there talking back and forth, trying to figure out, um, they end up with a, um, with a lead 
outside of what Wally's doing to of what's possible things. And I think some of this is leftovers from the Titan Hunt series. Um, this massive... And it, it is. Yeah, this multidimensional threat. Um, then they, try, they make fun of the name. It's cool because you can tell this is the old Titans messing with each other while they're in here, too. Um, so they have... They, they're going to try to figure out a lead on this extra-dimensional threat that was um, messing with time while um, Dick and Wally and Lilith stay and try to get back into his head to see if you can get around this Linda thing. So then next you see Arsenal in the Bowery in Gotham um, taking down a gang of drug of drug dealers. And Donna and I shows like up. this went. Huh? I like how this uh, uh, progressed. Yeah, this definitely brings back some of the old Arsenal story, or the Speedy backstory. Yeah. That we've had for, since the 70s. Because, yeah. um... Very dark time in his, uh, his career. Exactly. Well, Donna's surprise is, like, you knew where these men were? And Wally says, it's because they're never far away. They're, this place has a bad habit, and these guys feed off of it. And then she finds out the reason he knows this is because he used to be a dealer. He was a dealer, and a u- he was a dealer because he was a user. So he would deal to pay for his own drugs before he got clean. He's clean now, and he's trying to help the streets stay clean. That's the yeah, part that was, of his purpose. And that was one of the biggest story. I think that is going to be his biggest story ever in uh, Roy Harper's character's uh, existence. So Exactly. I so, like how that re- led back to that. Well, we get back to... Um, Dick's apartment, where Lilith and Wally are trying to work on it, they're, um, they're, she can't figure, find, she sees there's something there, um, maybe, she's trying to figure out maybe his early days, or wait a minute, she's reading some sort of a presence, and then she lost it. So there was something in the background there that she finds out that, um, it's a presence that, the, the presence she felt before wasn't Wally. It was like, um, she reached so deep into Wally's thoughts, I touched something, uh, someone else. There was someone else in there. It was, um, she says, it was an awful mind, closed, shuttered, dormant, no memories there at all, and by touching it, I woke it up. We have to go to Keystone City right now, she says. So she woke up something, and then you get to Keystone City in the suburbs, and there's this old magician, or party magician, doing tricks for kids, and then something is, um, and the kids don't like anything he's doing, because kids anymore don't want to see a magician. So they, um, they, something, he starts to, like, almost pass out or something. And then the kids are all scared, and why? what's going on? And all of a sudden, the magician totally changes form and becomes Abracadabra. Which Abracadabra, I always liked yeah. as a villain. Yeah, th- this Abracadabra seems like he's a lot more powerful than what I remember. Yeah. Well, um, the kids are saying how magic is dumb, and how they wanted to go to um, Spaceland, which was the amusement park. So Abracadabra says, fine, you want to go to Spaceland? Poof, the whole party ends up on the moon. Yeah. For like 10 seconds, then all of a sudden, poof, back to the party and says, see, you really want to go to space? That could have been space. So everybody starts clapping. Wow, this was amazing. And um, he's like, you don't know who I, they're trying to figure out who he is. And he says, I'm Abracadabra. I'm the man who made Wally West disappear. Yeah, which was very, huh. I don't, for some reason, I don't believe that. I still say, I think this is Dr. Manhattan using these guys as puppets. It's, I think, well, I think maybe um, the initial Wally West disappearing was Abracadabra, Dr. Manhattan may have not let him come back or something. Maybe. Hmm. So, but that's the end of um, Titans. It's going to be awesome. This is one I'm definitely getting every month, even after Rebirth. Oh, you know, the only series of Titans that I wasn't the biggest fan of was the past New 52, and I bought a lot of those till eventually I just said, I, I, I'm done with these. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to, these are ones I was planning on collecting from the beginning, and they are not disappointing. Um, but the reason why I think I love the Teen Titans so much because of who they have in there and what he did for Rebirth. 
mm-hmm. Wally West coming back, and he's in the Teen Titans books. This is something I don't care if you're not a fan of uh, the Titans. You need to read this just to follow the story of how Rebirth came to be. So we got one more review before we get into the, our pull list for this week. Yes, this is Wonder Woman um, issue number three. Um, I was waiting for this one a long time because, like I said, each Wonder Woman comic book is a flat one's current uh, up-to-date history of right now. The next one's a flashback. This one is a, a current event that's happening right now, but I feel like the next one's also going to be no flashback if they keep going in that order. Um, but as previously, she came and asked um, Cheetah for help. Um, and she keeps calling her Barbara Ann, her real name. And she is like, don't call me that. That's not my name anymore. I'm Cheetah. And, you know, it's Wonder Woman's bathing, um, getting all the dirt off her in the lake. The tribe of uh, these animal-like creatures um, are basically worshipping Cheetah. And Cheetah loves that. But at the same time, she doesn't like being what she is. And she's telling Wonder Woman that that's the reason she's there, because she um, betrayed somebody. And she keeps telling her, no, that's not why. And as they're going back and forth, um, Wonder Woman's able to calm her down and show her her, I guess it seems like her human side come back out again. And um, she's saying things never change between us. Um, then as she's uh, calming her down, Cheetah tells her she hates her still. And she said love um, exists with the hated, um, each preying on each other. But she is a cheetah, so she's living those animal-like instincts. And she's trying to tell her just because you have the look of a cheetah don't mean, doesn't mean you have to act like one too that's why she came there asking her for help um, and then we get to see uh, Steve Trevor and his partner back in a little village and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with these people and why are they dying from some type of illness you tell them there's more they can do so they start to head out with the rest of the fleet and see if they can do anything to stop this uh, from getting out of hand so they go into this weird jungle that looks like it's something you would see out of uh, Star Wars. <laughs> it's like they need to find themselves or fight off a really bad being inside. This looks something straight out of uh, Wonder Woman's world. I don't know if they're ready for that. Steve Trevor may be familiar, but he may be the only one to walk out doing this as well. Um, then we go back, and it's maybe the same jungle Wonder Woman is in that they're going to. Um, she tells us she to slow down. She's running too fast, and she said there's no time. They need to get to where they need to be at right now, and it's too late, turns out. Um, seems like the tribe followed her and now they're attacking one Roman and Cheetah and as she's ripping them apart she got uh, speared through the spot not speared through the spot, speared through the body and it's getting really hot and heavy there because uh, there's blood now, there's screaming and Cheetah goes rapid and she starts taking them all out one Roman has to pull her back and tell her to stop, she calms her down holds her and brings back her human side again and um, as they begin to talk again, her and Diana are becoming friends, seem like. And they begin to remember what they did have before she became completely like a cheetah. And uh, in the, they find a temple. Now we're back to Steve Trevor. And it looks like he's now trapped with somebody. And they're worshipping some type of idol. And um, next issue, I guess we'll figure out, is called Trial and Number one, Wonder Woman 4. And then one five is sacrificed. So, I'm um, thinking four is going to go back in her past and sacrifice the idol they're worshiping. May want to sacrifice somebody, and it may be treat Steve Trevor. Yeah, we'll we'll get to see that in the next couple of issues. So that was Wonder Woman. I'm still loving Wonder Woman. I love how she's able to talk down Cheetah, and like I said, with Rebirth in general, we have Lex Luthor, we have Cheetah, and we have Clayface. I don't know what's going on with these villains, but uh. Maybe they're trying to turn over a new leaf. 
That'd be interesting. Well, we also have Bizarro is going to be working with Red Hood. Now, I don't right. know, Red Hood is going deep well, undercover with a criminal organization, though, so he may yeah. actually be still working as a villain. See, I never saw B- Bizarro as a villain um, after the 90s. He, to me, he was just a confused soul. Yeah. Um, whatever, I guess, somebody asked of him, if he thought it was good, he would do. So I, I, I stopped seeing him as a villain. I just started feeling bad for him because he seemed like he would get used. It's one of those that uh, he's not misunderstood. He misunderstands everything else. Everyone else, exactly. So I, I, I can't call him a villain anyway. I know he's usually worked with the villains, but it's because of what they do and tell him. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, to me, he's all, he's just the antihero right now. And Red Hood is an antihero. I didn't think Artemis was, but she always was that rogue Amazon that didn't take. She took orders, but if she didn't like it, she would definitely show that she disagreed with you. So. This team makes sense. It's reminding me of the Trinity. Uh, we have Wonder Woman's Artemis, Bizarro for Superman, and then Red Hood for Batman. Okay. So that that's our um, comic book reviews for this week. Now remember, this- Super Friends, next week you're not going to have any of the reviews, but the week after that, basically the whole show is going to be reviews and pull list. Yep. Because we're going to have to um, do two weeks worth of comic reviews. That means we got to read a whole lot of comics all at once. You really do. And I, I had a question for you, Ken. Okay. So you said Teen Titans was your favorite out of this week? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think so for this week. Well, it's either that or Detective. It, it's a tie. It's between um, Red Hood and Outlaws uh, for me. Um, Teen Titans, of course. And I'm really shocked that I'm liking um, action comics that much. Each week I take more and more of an interest in it. Yeah, I have to sit down and read the action all the way through. I read through some of it. I just haven't had a chance to finish it. Um, but uh, Hal Jordan is looking awesome, too, especially now that the Oh, yeah, that back. would be an honorable mention for me. Really, none of these bombed. I've not seen no. a major bomb on anything yet. Exactly. How many months have we been doing this now? This is the second. This is, this is two months done. This is the end of May was the first one. Yeah, June 1st <laughs> so was the first of the... Rebirth. Man. We have two um, more well, months. Jeez. Um yeah, I haven't been a bomb yet and I'm I that that's amazing. When like I said with the new fifty two there's even at the first week it was like eh didn't really like that as much as I ex- expected, but with these I'm actually becoming more surprised that I'm liking them as much as I am. Yeah. So yeah. Well, with that, <laughs> I think we have to make a trip. And once again, like every week, we are take our weekly trip to the comic shop for our poll list, brought to you by the Shazbots. Check them out on Facebook and iTunes. They have a bunch of great songs, not just the comic book shop. So our um, first pick for the week, Vernon, you want to take the first pick? Yes, I do. I was going to ask about that. Um, our, my fir- well, our first pick for um, next week's comics is Aquaman issue number four, The Drowning Part 4. Aquaman is arrested for a war crime he didn't commit. Ordering an Atlantean terrorist to attack on the surface, killing hundreds. The young king is willing to sit behind bars if it means peace between two worlds. But one ally is determined to break Aquaman out, no matter the cost. And I think we might all know who that is. It says His right girlfriend, there. girlfriend, Mira. Yeah. So, um, and I kind of expect that from issue number one. It seems like <laughs> uh, Mira and Aquaman are kind of two sides the same coin they both want the same thing but he's doing it in a peaceful way but she feels how can he do it in a peaceful way if he's behind bars he can't do anything so he needs to get out and prove yeah. to the world that he did not commit this crime 
So, um, yeah, I can't wait for uh, Aquaman number four. Aquaman actually is one of my favorite. From Rebirth, I didn't know how I would feel about it, but as time going on, yeah, Aquaman is definitely one of my favorite Rebirth um, issues each time it comes out. Um, it's in my top five. Next one um, is Batgirl number four. I think, Ken, that's, that's yours you're going to get, right? Yes, it is. But before that, who is it? who did the art and did the writing for that one? Oh, yes. Let me let me speak on that. And I just got that. <laughs> um, again, <laughs> internet's a little slow here. Um, art by Philip Brownreese. Um, covers by Andrew Hennessy and Bradley Walker. And written by Dan Abnett. Okay, well, our next pick, remember, there's another nine coming next week. The number two is Batman number four. I am Gotham, part four. When Gotham City falls prey to true evil... Will Batman be abandoned by the new heroes Gotham and Gotham Girl? The Dark Knight must decide who to entrust with the safety of his beloved city if he hopes for any of its citizens to survive. Art is by Matt Benning or Banning and David Fitch or Finch, and is written by Tom King. This has been an interesting story getting to know Gotham and Gotham Girl this whole time. It, yeah, man, I don't. It's not bad. It's just it's so strange to see these kind of characters work with Batman. Is the yeah. Thing. He's never had nobody like this with superpowers work with him. It's always some a regular human being like him. So, mm-hmm. and they still didn't explain exact. They didn't explain exactly how they got their powers, did they? No, they just said they needed money in whether in Africa or somewhere overseas. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure we'll see that in the next couple issues. Maybe even the next one. Who knows? It's possible. Um. So what's our number next, three pick? Number three pick is Green Lantern's number. I'm sorry. Oh, I got a little ahead of myself there. <laughs> did you want to? I'm already on this one, so I'm going to read anyway. You can uh, get Green Lantern. Yeah, Lantern's go ahead. I'll take care of Arrow. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern's number four, Red Planet, part four. There is no escaping the rage that grows around the world. As new Green Lanterns Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz confront Lee's, but without no training, no backup, and no way out, the Green Lantern's partners also find themselves out of options. Um, yeah, from last issue we've seen, they were able to get to Blee's, so there could be another chance that she may possibly help them or they can reach her once again and get to her um normal side without her having all the rage in her but they also need to figure out a way to stop all the rage from attacking the rest of the world too uh can't wait to get the next issue green lantern or sorry yeah green lantern is also one of my favorite comic book series um and remember at the end of the last one um jessica was infected by the rage also yeah that's actually right she what hmm well they said they're both gonna have to find out somehow so we'll see how that goes but (laughs) The um, art and cover is done by oh my my phone, uh, Robson Ro- Robson Roca and Sam Hoppers Hoppers and art by um, Adrian Schaaf. Okay, uh, number four here is Green Arrow number four. There's a lot of number fours this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is this chapter four as well? Yes, the first four <laughs> comics were all t- chapter four, and so is the last one. Well, the death and life of Oliver Queen, part four. Black Canary steps through the deadly gates of Inferno, the global supervillain answer to Fort Knox, to discover the truth behind the destruction of Oliver Queen's life, fortune, and reputation. Meanwhile, Seattle's manhunt for the outlaw Green Arrow takes an exhilarating twist when an old frenemy makes an unexpected return. Now, the art is by Juan Ferreira Ferreira, and Benjamin Percy did the writing. Hmm. So who's the friend? I wonder. You think Diggle might help him? I don't know. Hmm. It's possible. But as we're going down the list, once again, Green Arrow's another. Green Arrow's probably my top three, actually. Yeah, I know you like it a whole lot. (laughs) I'm liking a lot more than what I thought I would. Uh, Just he's got the he's got the goatee. That's all I need to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but our next pick for next week is all our uh, fifth pick is going to be Harley Quinn number one. This is something I've been waiting on because I'm curious about it. I never really got off into Harley Quinn too much standalone. Um, so this will be interesting. I'll pick this up and see how I feel about the rest of it as it goes on. Die Laughing Part 1. Welcome back to Harley Quinn's Crazy World on Coney Island. Now get ready to wave goodbye because everyone there just might have to get eaten alive. Harley Quinn's got got to protect the neighborhood against all the zombie... <laughs> I'm sorry, that threw me off the zombies. Against all the zombie apocalypse. Break out and chainsaw everybody. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Um, art done by uh, Chad Harden, covered by Amanda Connor, and written by uh, Jamie Palim- Palmiotti. Pal- Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. This sounds interesting. Uh, I'm a little speechless, actually. I'm hoping she had a mental breakdown and well, she sees th- wait, zombies wait, wait, in her wait, wait, wait. head. Doesn't part of being Harley Quinn mean she is a mental breakdown? Breakdown, yes. <laughs> So that's what I'm hoping for, because I don't know why zombies appearing in that world just like, huh? So I think that's what's going to happen. There's actually a feature on Arkham um, Knight where she goes into like this weird mode like everybody else has. Um, I guess you can go a little bit faster in time. Hers is like this rage mode where she sees things differently, and they're not really there as they should be, and she just goes off not getting hurt. So that sounds like Harley. I think this is just all sequence in her head that's not really happening. But I cannot say that Chainsaw is not real, and there may be some people getting cut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next one on the list is number six. It's Justice League number two. It says, The Extinction Machine Part 2. Massive earthquakes shake cities to the ground as an ancient intelligence known as the Awakened takes control of the people of Earth, forcing them to turn against one, an, anyone with superpowers, including the Justice League. Unable to fight a war on two fronts, Batman asks for help from the one man he trusts less than anyone. Now, the art is by Sandu Floria and Tony S. Daniel, and written by Brian Hitch. So who is it that he trusts less than anybody? Hmm. Luther? No. I don't know. The cover doesn't give any clues, because the cover shows Flash, Flash. um, Jessica Cruz, and um, Batman, and that's it, so... Hmm, that's very interesting. Um, and I, it's it's really weird for me picking up Justice League singles now because before I'm so used to getting them in volumes. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting it each week. I'm like, this is odd. I don't know. I, I may uh, wait for volumes. I don't know, but hey, I'm getting everything else. We'll see how that goes. Just it's odd for me, but the story's getting a lot better as each issue goes by as well. Mm-hmm. But um, our number seven pick for next week is Nightwing number two, better than Batman Part Two. Nightwing and his new mentor, Raptor, and break on their first assignment for the pel- the uh, Parliament of Owls. Will Raptor prove himself a superior mentor for Nightwing, or will they both fall apart at the uh, prey of fangs of Cobra? So you can see Cobra come back in the next issue. Okay. Um, art by uh, Jarver... Javier Fernandez. Fernandez. Uh, cover by Jarver Fernandez. Written by Iris, or a variant cover by um, Ivan Reese, and written by Tim Seeley. Oh, Tim. Hmm, okay. That name rings a bell again. I've heard that before this week. He's worked on a couple different things. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Nightwing. And our next one it's, is. It's Sue interesting Squad. that, like we said when we were reviewing Nightwing number one, that it's back to back weeks for Nightwing. Yeah. Maybe this is just where the permanent spot's going to end up being is on the first week of the month? First. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see how that goes, because that was his rebirth. This No? 
No, this was that was number one. This was is number a, two. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. More Nightwing, the better. So I'm not going to yeah. play. <laughs> well, number eight is actually going to be Suicide Squad number. And I can't Rebirth wait for this. Special number one. It says as it moves. There we go. Soldier, war hero, traitor. Captain Rick Flag was one of. America's greatest military commanders before he was banished to a secret military prison. But after years of isolation, Flag's life changes forever when a woman named or called Amanda Waller offers him redemption in exchange for taking on the single most dangerous job in the entire DC universe, keeping the Suicide Squad alive. Art is done by Jonathan... Glapion and Philip Tan, and is written by Rob Williams. So it looks like we're going to get the backstory for Rick Flag um, as he's getting ready to take on the Suicide Squad. And if you notice the characters in here from the previews we've been seeing in these DC rebirths, it looks like it's now going to be the same team that's in on the movie. That would actually make sense. Mm-hmm. And the the good thing about that is Suicide Squad has always been made up of different villains, so. Yeah, they every put, so often they change out someone. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, with the new 52, I did have an issue of who they had on there and how powerful. They have Parasite, um, Reverse Flash, and Poison Ivy. To me, that's like, this isn't Suicide Squad. They, they're they too powerful to be on the Suicide Squad. That's something more for, like, the Legion of Doom. Yeah. But um, our last uh, pick for next week is Superman number four. Uh, once again, another part four. Son of Superman. Part 4, the battle for John hits Metropolis as the Eradicator targets Superman's son. Can the Man of Steel protect the city and his son against the Kryptonian Executioner, or will they have to make a sacrifice? Arc done by Mike Gray and Patrick Gleason. Covers by Mike Gray and Patrick Gleason. uh, Written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomashi. This one's actually a pretty cool story because they um, they went into a lot of the Radicator backstory and stuff last issue. Yes, they did. So we see here that um, basically Bat- Superman's trying to keep the Radicator from eradicating the human side of John's side. DNA. Yes, because that is what was the word he used? Uh, insufficient. Yeah. Well, he's trying to we, maintain the purity of the Kryptonian DNA. Right. And uh, for a second, I was really trusting the uh, Radicator. I said he he can't he can't stay there for long. Yeah, he's a little crazy, but that's because he's the Radicator. Right. So, but I think that finishes up the comic book shop, and we have to rush off. We have chores to do, and we actually have to go get a hold of Cyborg because we only got a couple minutes before we have to catch that boom tube. See, here's what I'm going to say. If we have any cleanup to do, let's bribe Wally with some burgers, and he'll take care of that in a flash. Oh, you know he <laughs> will. I did there. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do that, and then we'll talk to Cyborg, and we'll be we'll be gone out of this world for a little bit. Yes, we're definitely going to have an out-of-this-world time tonight, so... Super Friends, I want to thank you for joining us this week on Superpowers. Remember, next week is going to be... um, Next week, we're going to have a special episode with the together with the Mighty Marvel Geeks talking all things Comic-Con. And then the week after that, we will come back with an all-review issue for um, next week and the week after's comic books. And then the week after that is our movie review show. So that's what you got to look forward to. Um, Vernon, why don't you let everybody know where they can get a hold of us? You can find me on Instagram at Wolf. You can find me on Twitter at Yellow, And you can also find me on Facebook, Vernon McWayne Moore. And um, for our DC Superpowers podcast, uh, you can find us on DC Superpowers podcast, 
on Instagram. You find us at Superpowers DC on Twitter. And you can also find us on Facebook, DC Superpowers Podcast. And I just want to say I put the pictures out of um, the new Superman for the Supergirl CW show so you guys can take a look at that. That's him in the poster that was revealed and also um, on set. And uh, you can always find me on um, Instagram and Twitter as GW1Ken, on Facebook as Ken Rose. You can also um, always find the show. Go to Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com. Look up the DC Superpowers podcast and click follow. That way you can always join us here in the chat when we're recording. And it will actually send you a notification whenever we go live. So um, you can join Bart and everybody else that's been joining in the chat and um, talking back and forth. There's an actual chat room. You can talk to us while we're going. Hopefully we won't get too derailed. So, uh, you can join but you just can like always. <laughs> but I just download the app today, guys. It's cool. Get exactly. It. Help us. But out. Um, anytime we're recording, we go we go live on the app, so that um, you can join in with us. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you. You can um, and remember, go over to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. After we get ten reviews, we're going to send out that comic book. So keep an eye on that and. Vernon, it's been fun, but we actually have other, we have to catch that boom tube, so super friends, we'll catch you next week. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.